0: Welcome to the High on Life podcast, where it's all about empowering you with the medicine and the mindset to healthfully lose weight and thrive beyond the scale. I'm your host, Dr. Sasha High. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss and beyond. Remember that while I'm a doctor, I'm not your doctor. So be sure to seek medical support from a qualified health professional. Welcome back to the High on Life podcast. Today's episode is a little different from my usual content. I really hope you'll listen to this episode. It's all about raising awareness of child trafficking. This is something I'm super passionate about fighting. As a mom of three, child sexual exploitation is one of the most horrendous crimes I can imagine. And quite frankly, I prefer not to imagine it because it makes me feel quite ill when I think about it. And yet ignoring it is just not an option. Today I'm speaking with Sinead Finnegan. She's the Director of Development and Mobilization in Ontario for IJM Canada. IJM is the largest anti-slavery organization in the world, and I've partnered with them on projects in Mombasa, Kenya, as well as South Asia, where there's significant sex trafficking of women and children in the coastal regions. I hope you will listen to this episode and realize the extent of what's happening around the world and the impact that we can have in North America to
1: fight this tragedy. Hi, Sinead. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you. Oh, hi, Sasha. Thank you so much for inviting me. So excited.
0: Yeah, this is awesome. So today's podcast is a little bit different from my usual content, but so, so important. I'm really happy that you're here. Maybe you can just start by telling us a little bit about you
1: and also how you started working with IJM. Sure, yeah. IJM, or International Justice Mission, is the organization that I work for. It is the largest anti-trafficking, anti-slavery organization in the world. So I started working here about two years ago. I look after the greater Toronto area and the Golden Horseshoe in Ontario, although I do have colleagues right across the country. So we were started by a gentleman in the U.S. His name is Gary Haugen. Gary Haugen was a human rights lawyer originally, working for the DOJ in Washington, and he was tasked by them to go review the genocide in Rwanda. So when he got there, he was just absolutely horrified with what he saw, the lack of injustice, the lack of protection. And then he came home and started IJM. So it's been around for about 25 years, and we serve in countries all around the world. Wow. I
0: didn't actually realize it's the largest trafficking, anti-trafficking organization. So for those of my listeners who are perhaps like me a few years ago, I didn't even, like the concept of trafficking Mm -hmm. was not something that was on my radar. I wasn't aware of it. So can you help me understand, help us all understand, like, what is trafficking? What does it look like?
1: Yeah, it's it's a form of modern day slavery. So we just got the numbers from the ILO a few months ago that shows the, the International Labour Labor Organization. Okay, mm-hmm. So a government body that that looks after these numbers or that watches these numbers and they reported there's about 50 million people in the world today trapped in modern day slavery. And that's up 10 million from five years ago. So it's definitely an increasing, I mean, 50 million, it's it's just horrific to think of those numbers, but definitely increasing. We're seeing the increase due to climate change, due to conflict, you know, a lot of factors kind of contribute to that. So sex trafficking is a part of modern day slavery. And it's basically when someone deceives or sexually exploits another human, another person for profit. The 2021 numbers, the global estimates indicate there's about 6 million people, I believe, are uh, trapped in, in sex trafficking or forms of commercial sexual exploitation at any given day. And from this number, there's almost there's just under two million children. I think it's the number is 1.7 million children trapped in commercial sexual exploitation. So, I mean, it's that's this is gender based. This could be, you know, where you're living. For example, in the Ukraine right now, we have an office in Romania that's working on the Ukraine border. And a lot of organizations on that border are really seeing an increase of traffickers, and you know, along the border. So we do have, we do have missions. They're not missions, but we do have people that go in and out of Ukraine, and they bring they bring women and children across the border. We then have places, safe places for them, set up within the Ukraine, where we can check their paperwork. We can make sure that they're getting to their final destination safely. And our team is in contact with them the entire way. So if they're going to Germany or Italy or, you know, coming to Canada, whatever they're doing, they're in contact with our, with our teams. Wow.
0: Yeah. It was when I learned about child sexual exploitation as a mother of three, that was, it was just like so heart wrenching for me. And that's how I ended up getting involved with IJM. But is this something that kind of just exists in faraway places like the Ukraine and other countries or. You know, talk a little bit about where trafficking is happening and, and who's involved with this, because I think for us, at least for me living in North America, it was like, no, that's something that exists in some other world. Right. Like
1: I, yeah. I didn't even
0: conceptualize this is real. These are real people that this is happening to. And it's not that far off from us.
1: It's not that far. I mean, it- Trafficking has no borders, there's no oceans, there's no country lines, right? We I mean, we know that it does happen in Canada as well. I was at a meeting a few weeks ago with trafficking survivors here in Canada. But our work is more global for the simple fact that even though Canada Canada does have a justice system, even though you know it's not perfect, but we work in countries with the most vulnerable people with broken justice systems because that's a part of our work. So we would, our sex trafficking work is based in Kolkata and Mumbai, Cambodia, Europe, like I mentioned as well, Bangladesh, Mombasa, which is the casework that you were supporting last year as well, Sasha. And, and you know, we've out of out of that work alone and your support, we were able to rescue um, 16 girls from sex trafficking in Mombasa, mm-hmm. which is so grateful for, for your support with that. And then we also have, which is a new form as well, that's that we've started supporting in the Philippines is online sexual exploitation of children, which is quite tragic and horrifying as a lot of these children are being exploited by their own family members within yeah. their own homes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't quite imagine.
0: It's one of those things. And I, I've said this on, you know, I've occasionally posted on social media just to raise awareness. And I always say like, I want to look away and not think about it because when I think about it, like my heart breaks. And so it's just easier to ignore. And yet we just can't ignore because there's children. Right. And like, I know every time I talk to you, I start crying, which is not like me, not a crier, but every time because it just hits so close to home when I think about my own children and the unfathomable things that are happening to children in these positions. So Maybe you can share like what, what, how is IJM helping? What is IJM doing to rescue and restore these, these children and also, and and women?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, we have to think about it as well, that everyone deserves a world that's free of oppression, you know, and abuse and that they feel protective. So it's everyone, every human deserves that, you know, it just, it should be just a basic human right. IGM has a, a step. So we do investigate to see whether that there is a crime in the area. We have, we're based around a team of professionals, uh, investigators, lawyers, uh, social workers. So we do investigate, then we do go in and we have rescues where we'll find between one and sometimes hundreds, you know, who, who have been trapped. We then ha- put these people in in a safe area where they are evaluated. they um, We bring in medical, we have social work for them, and we put them through a restoration program that walks with them for years even, you know, until they're back in their feet and they have sustainable housing, they have work. We've helped set up women with businesses, small businesses. We have supported people going through school. They've become lawyers themselves. But then the, the, different part that IJM, so there's, there's a lot of great organizations that do go in and rescue and restore that, that we know. The, the different thing IJM does is we also then make sure we go and arrest the criminals and bring them to justice and then work with local governments and law enforcement to really strengthen their justice system so they in turn at the end will be able to look after their own people and protect their own people. I mean, I can give you an example. You could go in and there's many places that have gone in and built wells for water, schools for children, but if the young boys and girls can't get to the wells without being raped or get to the schools without being raped even by their teachers, They need to be protected. You know, a lot of times organizations will say, oh, we move the well closer to the town and everyone celebrates. But if you put it in perspective, a university, just say even here in Toronto, and girls were being raped on campus, we wouldn't celebrate bringing the school closer to where the girls live. We would celebrate bringing the criminals to justice so the crime doesn't happen in the first place. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's what IJM does.
0: Yeah, I think that's amazing. I think also one of the things that I appreciate about IJM is really that you're working with the locals, right? You're working with the people who are there as opposed to, you know, that kind of white savior complex that we're going to come in and rescue you and which can be, I think, disempowering for the people there. So can you speak to that a little?
1: Yeah, we hire nationals from within the country. So I would say 98 to 99 percent of every country that we have casework in, are hired from within. You know, and it's I can say Latin America is 100. You know, but it's it's 98 to 99 percent because the people need to be empowered to take care of their own people. Mm-hmm. You know, we can be there to support and guide and share the knowledge. That, you know, we've accumulated over the years. We do assessments going in. We do assessments going out. So everything is documented and all the data is there from behind the scenes. But I mean, our teams in the Philippines are just the most amazing people and same in India. And, you know, they really, they love their people. We also, one of the first things we do is we go in and we work with the local NGOs because the local people, those are, these are people that they trust and that they'll speak to. So, it's building those layers of trust within Mm -hmm. their own communities. So, when or if something happens, you know, the survivor then feels comfortable and confident that their community will support them. Yeah.
0: Why should a Canadian care about this? I think we tend to support organizations that are close to home, and maybe we Mm -hmm. had a relative with cancer, and so we support that organization. Why should we care about this that's happening, you know, beyond? Our borders. I know you said it's happening everywhere, but maybe you can talk a bit about that.
1: I think it's just part of being human. I mean, y- you hear any kind of when people are talking, they say, "Love yourself, love your family, love your community, and then love the world globally." Love is is the biggest impactor, and everybody deserves to be protected. Everybody deserves to have a sustainable, fulfilled, thriving life you know so i if you have means yeah definitely support your community but we all need to be educated and open and and support vulnerable people these are the most vulnerable people in the world that aren't being protected so anything we can do to to lift up other humans to lift up other women to save and protect children i mean how could you not want to protect children right like the most innocent people in the world So it's a, it's a basic human right to live in freedom. And I think if we live in a Western country and we have so much, I believe it's just part of humanity to give back to people who don't.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you walk us through the experience of someone who has been in slavery or trafficked and then been rescued? Like, Help us to actually conceptualize, like I'd I'd like to be able to visualize, like, what is that experience like for them coming out of that? And how are they restored? Maybe you could kind of share an example.
1: We have a, a story with many stories, but one of them is of a young woman. Her name is Mahila. So Mahila's mom, she was drafted when she was about 13 years old in Mumbai. And for her story, it was part of like a religious rite of passage. So at 13 years old, her mom felt it was time for her to start supporting the family, trafficked her to Mumbai.
0: And what does that mean? Let's just pause. Sorry, I had (laughs) to interrupt you. But like when you say she was trafficked to Mumbai, what exactly does that mean?
1: Her mom took her to Mumbai, sold her to a brothel. So she then became the property of the brothel owner. It was her and another underage girl there and they were made to they were made to have sex or they were raped between 100 and 150 men I believe it was a month
0: you know Mm -hmm. and just
1: yeah kept there the brothel owner paid her the equivalent of 100 sorry it was a dollar 77 Canadian per rapist and half of that was sent back to her mom and then he kept the rest so she was there for three years IJ Amster was investigating underage children in brothels at this time, and our investigators, uh, they discovered the evidence that Mahila was there with another little girl, went in, rescued them, and at this point, she'd been there for three years. She was 15 years old, I believe, when they were rescued. She lied and said she was 22, because she was terrified, you know, the brainwashing of it. After a medical exam, they realized she was 15 so they brought her to a safe area and you start going through the restoration process which is breaking down like the the barriers the social work not putting her back in the environment with her mother so finding her a safe environment to live and grow and she i mean eventually you, you see it with with all survivors when you give them the platform when you give them the safety and they find their their voice again and they find the hope again So, I mean, I can report that just this summer, Mahila just graduated and is now a lawyer. She got her law degree this summer in July. Yeah, so she, in turn, will go back now and, you know, protect other people in need. That's amazing.
0: Why do people not run away? I know that seems like such a naive question, right? But I think that comes up sometimes of like, did she try running away? Like, how is it that these traffickers are so powerful that, you know they keep these people enslaved. Are they chained up, or you know, like, is it physical restraints or psychological?
1: Yeah, both. So sometimes, I mean, they can be brutalized. I know there's been cases in India where entire families have been kept in modern day slavery, and the the slave the the slave owners will rape the women. So you're watching fathers getting their daughters raped or their wives. They will bring in local police officers to beat and rape as well so the people are terrified there's nowhere for them to go right there's no police protection so that's why when ijm goes in we go and we work with the local police we work with the governments to change this mindset too because it's none of these countries the laws are there you know i mean sex trafficking of minors is illegal sex trafficking is illegal all these laws are in place yeah But the criminals have have impunity so they're not being enforced so that's really important for what we do with our work is to make sure that the government and the local police start being accountable for their people and start enforcing because once you start enforcing the laws and criminals are being arrested and they can see that you know it's not just going to be a slap on the wrist or a, a maybe fine but they're actually serving jail time then it is a deterrent for other criminals. And we've seen that, that the prevalence goes down. How do you accomplish that
0: if you just said, you know, they're bringing in police officers are corrupt, they're in on this. So how does IJM turn that around if, you know, the police officers are corrupt?
1: Well, it's, it's usually a portion. So what our studies have shown, it's usually like a 40-20-40. So you have 40 police officers that are ethical and they, they want to do the best for their people. They want to do the best for their communities. And then you have another 40 that are like 40% that are corrupt, right? And they don't, you know, they're they're just working with the criminals. Then you have 20 in the middle that can be swayed. So there's 20% in the middle. So we'll go in and start working with that 20%. We have programs that train police officers, you know, and you sway that 20% over to the ethical 40 side, and then you've got 60%. And our studies have found that the other 40 will either change, be fired, or just fall away. Mm, interesting. So it's just bringing the majority over.
0: Right, right.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so
0: interesting. Wow.
1: <laughs> I feel like it's it's like such a heavy topic to to talk yeah. about,
0: but yeah, so, so necessary. So... What is it that made you decide to work with IJM?
1: I was looking for, I was one of those um, pandemic shifters out of my career, but it's, uh, I mean, we've got four kids in the house. I was looking to set an example. I was looking, I've always been supportive of helping and working outside of my community with global causes. You know, we've run charities from here, from our home before locally, but I was looking for something with purpose and something that was credible and something that i could see has been working i've met many of the survivors at global meetings that we've had i've met our our casework our sorry our our teams that are in the field you know and the hearts that they have i mean the work is hard for us but we're here in canada but what they do is so beyond what i feel i i do you know but it's just purposeful work and and I needed to find that kind of hope and enjoy in my life and set the example for for my kids as well. Because I want them to be the most amazing humans and give back any way they can as well. Yeah. Beautiful. It's amazing.
0: Well, as we kind of wrap up, is there anything that anything else that you feel our listeners should know about IJN's work or, you know, the state of child sexual exploitation or trafficking in the world.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, we're here to do the work. We believe that we will protect half a billion people by 2030. We have, we're on the right pathway to get there. We have people that, you know, support us like you, Sasha, and are so passionate about it. And I mean, I should ask you what, what drew you to, to IJam as well?
0: Yeah, I, um, I remember I I don't even know how I initially became aware of child sexual sexual exploitation, but as soon as like that awareness, that light bulb turned on in my in my mind, I was like, oh my gosh, like my heart is to fight this. This this is this is something I you know this is a worthy cause, as you said, and um, I came across IJM after doing some research about. You know, charities that are using their money wisely, because I really, that was really important to me as well. And then we connected, and it's been, I guess, about a year and a half now that I've been working with IJM and uh, we've been forming closer ties. And now I'm so honored to be on the IJM Venture Council, which is such a privilege to be asked to join that. And um, I think just really seeing, you know, the commitment that IJM has to bringing freedom to women and children. My heart, as you know, through my business is really empowering women. And then I believe, sorry, I'm sniffly because I've been crying. (laughs) I really believe that, you know, when we empower women that they then, you know, go into their families and then their communities. And that's, so I feel like it aligns with the work that IJAM is doing in terms of empowering these, these um, people who are survivors, women who are survivors, and then, you know, stories like uh, Mahila's where they then can, go back and turn around and support their own communities. So just really aligns with what's on my heart. So I, yeah, I love the work that IJM is doing. And I know that this month we are recording this in advance, but March, 2023, tell us about what's special about March.
1: March, 2023. So first of all, March 8th is International Women's Day. Sasha and her business, as she's just said, lifts up women and empowers women. So Sasha is supporting us with a match. So we will be telling Mahila's story in March. We have Sasha's gift and we are hoping that people will come and donate and then it'll be matched by Sasha, which we're so grateful for. It's really important. So the story is based on on sex trafficking, sex trafficking of children. Mahila, as, as I said before, was a child when she was trafficked. You know, and I just I'm hoping that people join this movement. You know, we want to fight against injustice, and we want to protect the world's most vulnerable women and children as well. So, I hope that uh, your listeners and your viewers will will join us in that as well.
0: Yeah, that's amazing, and it's a little bit intimidating to actually announce the number <laughs> to the public <laughs> audience because we don't normally share that. But I will be matching, so together we could support the work of IJM and freeing women and children from slavery with a hundred thousand dollars. So if you are listening and you feel compelled to donate, we're going to leave the link to donate in the caption of this podcast. So we will have a link there. You can go and any amount that you feel moved to donate, we would, we would celebrate and we would welcome.
1: Thank you. Oh, I'm so excited.
0: Yeah, I'm excited too. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for just enlightening us and and sharing, you know, something that's really heavy, but needs to be discussed. We need to have, we need to raise awareness about, about human trafficking and modern day slavery. So I, I really appreciate you coming on, Sinead.
1: Thanks again for having me, Sasha. I'm, I'm so grateful. I'm very, very grateful for your support. And, uh, you know, I look forward to, uh, to seeing what March brings as well. Yeah, me too. Amazing. Thanks.
0: A year and a half ago, my company partnered with IJM Canada as a freedom donor. This month, March 2023, we are participating in a match campaign where we have committed to match 25,000 Canadian dollars in donations. IJM Canada needs to raise $1 million towards their work in South Asia. My ask is that you consider joining me in giving this month. There are two ways you can give. If you've been listening to me for a while and you've been considering joining Best Weight, this March, we are giving 100% of our proceeds to this match campaign, so you can join our Empowered Weight Loss program and know that your money is making an impact. If you want to donate directly to IJM, any amount will be tremendously appreciated. You can find more info at www.sashahimd.com impact. All donations will receive a charitable tax credit from IJM. Thanks so much for listening and being a part of freeing and empowering women and children in South Asia. Thanks for joining me today. If you enjoyed listening to the High on Life podcast, please take a moment to subscribe, share, and review it on Apple Podcasts.